0: Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins, and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Everybody, this is Dr. David Wardy coming at you today with another episode of the Dr. Dad's podcast. And I've got my main man, Dr. Nick Jensen with me today. What's up, brother? Yeah, living the dream, buddy.
1: Uh, It's been a beautiful summer. Lots of playtime outside. And uh, speaking of play, we're going to be talking a lot about that today with our amazing guest. Buddy, we've been wanting to get Ryan Hurst on to our podcast for so long. And so so we're so grateful that he's been able to grace us with his presence from across the pond.
0: So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here, buddy. So I'm going to introduce Ryan in a second, but we got Ryan on with us today. He's coming from Osaka, Japan today. So he's actually, it's Wednesday where he's at today already. So uh, let me, I want to tell a quick story before we actually get, get it, get going here today. Um, so uh, if you guys don't know, I was an athlete and we've talked about this on and off for most of my life. And right after college athletics, you know, I was still always training pretty regularly in the gym five, six days a week, I was doing CrossFit, and lots of weightlifting. And really, that's honestly, where most of my my journey started was with with weightlifting in high school. And then, you know, it transformed to like Olympic lifting in college, and I had strength coaches and stuff when I was at division one football and so most of my background, I built my body primarily in the gym doing most of what I think most athletes do, which is this weight routine and Olympic lifting and more of the normal things that we see in the gym with with bars and levers and, and all this stuff. And interestingly enough, you know on this journey, even in college, I would always have some form of joint pain on and off, whether it was my knees or my hips or my shoulders would start to bother me or, you know, stiff spine all the time. And moving into my latter 20s, like it was just a constant, like here I am thinking, okay, I'm supposed to be fit. you know, I want to be in the best shape of my life. But the reality was like, I was in pain and I was stiff. All the time. I didn't feel mobile. I didn't feel flexible. I felt rigid. And I thought, okay, something's wrong here. Like this isn't, you know, I'm missing something. There's, there's holes in my armor. I've got to figure something out. So, you know, I was telling Ryan before we started recording, but I said, look, right around 30, I just said, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to stop lifting weights. I'm going to completely go back to the drawing board and I'm going to put a different stress on my body and let's see what happens. So back then I think I weighed around like 185, a little bit stockier and thick looking in my physique. And I literally started with Ryan's programming. And for, for, for all of our listeners, it's called GMB Fitness. I believe it stands for Gold Medal Bodies. And I, I run across this guy's website. I'd heard on, on some podcasts and he really sparked my interest. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try this stuff. So I, I, I started with his Elements program. And basically, what you start up with this program is you're doing a lot of very foundational movements, like he's got something called the bear, and you have the monkey and the frogger and the scorpion, and you're you're doing a lot of body weight primal movement type exercises where we're working on stability and mobility of the joints, but it was nothing like anything I had experienced. So when I first started. It was very difficult i mean you take this weight bound you know muscle bound from weight weightlifting, lifting and you start trying to do some of these movements that you think are easy and then you get through them and you're like holy crap like this is not easy to do and what that did for me instead of discouraging me it actually motivated me to be like i want to get really good at this i want this to become easy where it looks like way, the way ryan's doing it in the demonstration videos so I committed myself, and honestly, for five years straight, I got all the way through his Elements program to where I did all the progressions, I could just flow through these movements effortless, and along that journey, some amazing things happened. All my joint pain went away, my mobility in my body, my joints, my spine, everything it was tenfold from where it was before I started his program. The other big piece of that was I got stronger. So when I went back to lifting weights right around 35, I noticed I was a whole lot stronger with all of my lifts and I just felt different. But the thing that I thought was the coolest amongst all the all the changes was my entire body changed. My physique actually changed. So the body that I was always trying to build this lean, you know, dense muscle instead of bulky, you know, still keeping my strength, but not feeling like I'm... I'm swollen all the time. I ended up having this nice lean physique and the physique that I've been trying to strive, I think, since I was in high school, I finally was able to achieve. And it's just kind of like that saying, and we'll talk about this in a second, but the body's like glass, right? You put a different stressor on it and it will mold differently. And that's exactly what happened. So without further ado, everybody, Ryan Hurst is on our podcast today joining us, and I'm super excited to really dive in with stuff with him
2: best intro I've ever had in a podcast thank awesome. you guys for having me awesome. uh, we can just stand here thanks everybody for listening
0: <laughs> <laughs> So Ryan thank you man like really appreciate what you do and and how you're sharing this with the world because it did change my life and like you know I was talking we were talking with Nick earlier. I passed this stuff on to Nick. Nick's the big yogi, you know, and the moment I showed him this stuff, his interest, I could just see it in his eyes. He's like, what are you doing? What is this stuff? This is super cool. Um, and then now he's got the bug, right? Um, but tell our listeners a little bit about how you got started with this stuff. And then, um, yeah, let's just go from there, man.
2: Oh, this is, inc- you guys are incredible. I, I thank you so much for having me on here. Uh, just sitting here listening, especially even before we started recording. I was like, oh my goodness. I got to step my game up on this podcast today. I'll tell you what. Um, uh, one thing quick before I get into a little bit about myself, you did say something. And I think it's fabulous. And this has actually been kind of how I've been living, if you will. I, I don't want to create a body. I do the things that I want to do and the body becomes. Uh, that's kind of the thing that, that I'm after. And it's always funny because I'll go and teach a seminar or something and people will be like, I thought you'd be bigger. And then my joke is, I thought you'd move better. But anyway, that's cool. So anyway, um, yeah, Ryan Hurst, originally from Wichita, Kansas. Uh, Kansas boy, uh, born and bred there. Uh, when I was 18, left. Uh, went to actually went to university at Kansas State University for a couple of years. I actually transferred over to university here in Japan for, as an exchange student for martial art, and uh, where I was doing kendo and judo, ended up moving into Um, my kindo instructor's house is with his family did a thing called uchideshi, which is a live-in student. But uh, growing up in Kansas, though, I was a gymnast. And I started gymnastics at a really, really early age. Ended up doing gymnastics until I was 18. And I was uh, on a competition team. I mean, that's what I did. But I could never sit still. Uh, I was either doing gymnastics, uh, I was outdoors, doing my thing with my dad and Boy Scouts and stuff, or when i was in junior high i actually started martial art and so that is really kind of what got me uh to japan was my interest in martial arts thankfully you know i had my background in gymnastics which played a huge part and um i had some very very incredible coaches that was my thing so gymnastics was mark folger uh then in martial art michael Cheon. he was the guy who actually sparked my interest for japan uh, he had lived in Japan for, I, I believe it was like 25 years. Uh, he had he had to move back to Wichita, Kansas to be with his father because his father took ill. So, you know, he was a very high-ranking martial artist. And so he kind of sparked that bug for me. And I'm the kind of guy who doesn't really half-ass stuff. I kind of like to jump right in. And so he was like, hey, if you want to learn more about Japan, you should go to Japan. I was like, oh, I'm going to Japan. Had no idea how I was going to do it. Ended up, um, you know. And, and stuff basically is what it is you know and um had a great uh at Kansas State University was very lucky because um they started the first Japanese class I was in the first Japanese class that they offered that instructor took a liking to me I was like hey you want to go do homestay in Japan I was like yes so um ended up doing that went to university over here in Japan I guess in the United States you said college um but um ended up staying And so I've been in Japan now, uh, just telling Nick, for about a total of 28 years now. So I will be 50 in October. So pretty soon I turn 50 years old and over half of my life I've been here in Japan. Um, Long story short, I know it's getting really long, but basically here in Japan, um, I came over, uh, graduated, ended up working for a Japanese company, suit and tie. Did that for a year. Wasn't my thing. And I ended up uh, being hired by a martial arts complex, a shrine, actually. I worked at a shrine inside the shrine. There's a martial arts complex here in Osaka. Uh, I worked there for eight years. And during that time, um, you know, studying martial arts, um, I was interpreting and doing translation work for them, got the opportunity to sit in on all these martial arts classes, but also ended up going deeper into my fitness side of things um, you know, certified in yoga during that time, got really, really interested in not just how to tie a person up in a pretzel or take them down, but actually how can I start basically not being hurt all the time was, was my key. So it was very selfish in the beginning, which I think is actually quite important for all of us in the beginning is being very selfish about yourself and trying to figure stuff out. And, and then my, uh, my boss at the time was just like, hey, you should really pursue a bit more of this. And I ended up going back and studying more with that. Ended up working with um, an organization in the United States. I uh, was still in Japan, but I but I joined this organization and we're, ended up working my way. And, be, and I became the um, the program director. So I basically ended up starting to write a lot of their programs for them. Ended up traveling around the world, so each month I would go somewhere and teach in the world, and that's where I met my business partners Andy and Jarlo here uh, in GMB. And so um, I was actually teaching at a seminar um, in, well, I was assisting and teaching at a seminar, and we were in Washington State. And Jarlo was there and was teaching the stuff in this particular uh, fitness organization. And during the break, though. I was doing my own thing. So I was moving around and I think there was like a pair of parallettes or something like that. And I was doing some tricks and stuff on there. And um, some people were like, Hey, you know, can you teach us that? Because that wasn't the stuff that was in the seminar that was being taught in the seminar. And on the car ride back, Jarlo was like, Hey man, you should, should be teaching this stuff. And I was like, Ooh, you know, what do you mean? You know? And it was like, yeah, for real. And on that car ride back, Jarlo and I, decided, yeah, we're going to start a company. And Jarla came up with the name Gold Medal Bodies. And the the name for Gold Medal Bodies is actually kind of tongue-in-cheek. It wasn't that we're trying to be Olympians or anything. It was, what does a gold medal mean for you? And because we're all different and we all have different bodies. So our thing was, okay, using these movements in order to help you to be able to do the stuff that you want to do better. And that's kind of where it all started. And then, you know, back here in Osaka, I had a gym and Andy was training at my gym. And I met again, met him through this organization. And it was just the three of us were just like, hey, let's just try something. And we did. I mean, that's really what it was in the beginning. And Charlo sent me a pair of gymnastic rings. And um, this is right after, not right after, but it was like a year, maybe a little longer. I blew my shoulder out in judo. And so I competed in judo for just so long. And, and during one of my matches, I actually blew my shoulder out, a uh, slap tear, ended up having to have surgery on that and um, just realized, you know, I can't be training the way I used to train. And so basically, you know, David is similar to what you were saying. You know, when I was doing judo, I was doing two-a-day training sessions along with my fitness and trying to keep up, you know, and things like, you know, heavy deads you know, lots and lots of, of pulling exercises and things. And then I was training and I had some great opportunities to go train with some amazing people uh, in terms of judo and my other martial arts. Um, I ended up was on the um, not a police officer, obviously, but the in the police station, uh, they had the judo team. And so I was a part of the judo team and competed as a civilian, of course, on the judo team there. And had the opportunity to train some other places, but it was brutal. You know, it was like every single time I got on the mat, it was, you know, Hey, white boy from Kansas, come here. We're just going to like wipe you up and down the mats. And uh, that's how it was. I was just beat up. I was just beat to shit. And that was, you know, really a big stimulus for me trying to be like, how can I keep from just being injured all the time and not feel like crap the next morning after all these brutal training sessions and that's when things changed And, I was like, you know, weights are maybe not the best thing for me right now. And so after that shoulder injury, that's when everything really changed. And, and we decided, you know, hey, let's try this. And that's when we came out with our first program. It's actually our second program. Our first official program uh, was Rings One and a really original name for program. But um, and we just decided to do everything online. And we ended up becoming like one of the very first uh, companies in this niche, if you will. Uh, to do that sort of thing online and just grew from there so there was a very long intro about myself apologize for the rambling so yeah the origin story <laughs> is
1: so important though like and to, oh, yeah. to hear where it all started it's funny when i when i when i heard the name gold Metal bodies i was like that doesn't seem to match what i'm learning and then so to actually yeah, but, yeah so to hear you it was, explain it though was actually really helpful yeah
2: and this is so our name has actually changed and so we changed our name to Jamie fitness which is hilarious because we don't consider ourselves a fitness organization um this was more a marketing strategy if you will um andy's brilliant andy okay so this, just throw everything out at you guys um i never thought we would be like a company um you know we were just three guys who wanted to create cool shit i mean that was our business plan you know um but Andy's just really brilliant when it comes to when you're looking at like marketing and when you're looking at like how can we present this stuff. Um, then you've got Jarlo, you know, physical therapist, very high level physical therapist, very learned in terms of that. The three of us, though, all of us are martial artists. With my background, is it's it's just simply movement. If if I marketing, no, you know, I'm not a business guy. But if if you throw me in a room when you talk about movement or martial arts. I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. You know? And so it was really great that the three of us were able to get together and kind of put our minds, you know, together to try and figure things out. And so the gold medal bodies thing was, again, it was just Jarlow and I just kind of be like, Hey, let's try this thing. So that's where it was. It wasn't a very well planned out sort of thing, but, yes if you think about the gold medal bodies in terms of what do you want a gold medal body for and so in the very beginning we did try and explain that but it was just difficult and so gmb fitness and uh, we would love to change the name of the company to be honest um, to something that better suits what we do um heck someday maybe we will change our name who knows but but, but it, it is, makes sense
1: with your yeah. stuff. Does it
0: make sense now though? Right? Oh, right. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah so? because
1: I mean, when, when, we're, when I'm watching the videos, I get the sense that this is really about empowerment and, and yeah. right, yes. our own personal yes. experience. Right. So right. in hearing that story, the way you just delivered it, it completely makes sense because we all have our own personal goals. We all have our own right. personal obstacles and, and we want to get to the best fitness, you know, flexibility, strength. That we can experience, not in comparison Absolutely. to, right? Yeah. and that's
2: it. And so, you know, our big thing is physical autonomy, and it, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's again, if you, you know, coming back to what I said earlier, being very selfish about yourself. And the thing is, is if you don't know not just what you can do, but more importantly, what you can't do, then you you won't know if you have that physical autonomy. And so, really, that's what we're after. And and yes, I am the dancing monkey for g in the sense that I'm, you know, in the videos and my face is all the thing, but it's not about me. And this is why it's so important that I don't have my shirt off. I do this stuff in jeans. You know, I'm like, okay, really trying to say this is simply an example for you to start working to use the AAA framework to assess where you're at, to address the issues you've got, and then apply the necessary protocol to help you to be able to do the stuff that you want to do in your life and do less exercise and more of the stuff you want without discomfort. And that's all we're after. So, you know, again, I'm 50, but I'm not trying to say this is for old farts. Okay, it's, 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 it's really trying to just figure out exactly what do you need. And then here you go. Here's an example of how you can start working. Again, like, you know, David, you were saying with the foundation movements, and we all need to move better. I think really that's all it comes down to to for me. If you can't move better without load, why do you think you're going to be able to move well with load? You know, And, and that's all I'm trying to get. I'm not trying to tell anyone here that barbell work or anything is bad. I mean, I do like, for example, I just started a brand new program um, with this company called Mountain Tough, which I think is amazing. It's some hard stuff and using a using um, a ruck, you know, and weighted sandbags and things like that. I do that sort of thing. But but as I'm going through this program, I also it's funny, you know, from my position. If I didn't have this background of being able to first move well, this program would kill me. And I'm seeing this with a lot of people that come to GMB where they do something before. And I'm like, yeah, of course. I mean, of course you're going to get injured when you do that because you don't actually have the strength, flexibility and control in your body right now at a foundational level. And when you start to do that other stuff, stuff is going to happen. And so again, not that other programs out there are bad. I'm not saying that. And you guys get this, right? It's just that if we can really focus on, on what we, not just want, but what we need and do it in a way that's gonna allow us to just step on the mat every day and see improvement, then hey, life gets a lot more fun. Um, I think. So, the coffee's kicking in is basically what I'm trying to say right
0: now, guys. <laughs> hey, it's six o'clock Ryan's time, everybody. It's six yes. in the morning. So he's six he's up eight. early yeah. for us today. Cheers, yeah. So Ryan, I love the way you're you're explaining this because. Couple things, you know. One of the ways I always describe it to my patients, because this is a big rehab thing, I give a lot of people. Because I, am big on. I don't have time to do the self care and help them right. with the rehab in right. the clinic, right. so I always have to have these these outlets I can send them to to say, "Hey, here's a good teacher. Go do his stuff." And I'm always talking about your stuff. But the beauty about what you're kind of describing right now is, you know, growing up as a as an athlete, we were just they just threw weights at us. You know, I was—I yeah, had I, weights thrown at me at like 15 years old, like as I was stepping into high school with zero foundation of like, do you have stability in your joints? Do you have the flexibility, the mobility that you need? And so you start building this body and there's these huge like holes in your armor. And then you, like you're saying, you know, as a young kid, we're pretty resilient and you could take a lot of that, a lot oh, of yeah. that stress and handle it oh, yeah. But as the body gets older and you're trying to put that same stress. It's not going to handle as well. But honestly, this is the foundation of what you guys are teaching. I always tell everybody, look, if you can't move your body without weight efficiently, you have no business picking up a weight of any kind of any kind. I was like, so start with just your body weight. Yeah. challenge yourself in that capacity first and max it out. And then once you have good control of your own body and your own body weight, then you can start adding weight and doing some of these other things, but it's so upside down for most people. It's the opposite. Like you're saying, they go through these crazy programming, whether it's CrossFit or mountain man fitness. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff right now. And then what happens? They start hurting. They start having shoulder problems or hip problems or back problems. And then they wonder why. And then, you roll out a program like yours and you start trying to do these movements and you're like, Holy crap, I can't do this stuff. And, and for me, like I said, it was very invigorating of like, Holy crap. Like, why can't I do this? I really want to be able to do this. And so I think this should be what's being taught to kids like right out of the gates for any sport, like any, anything, because you can't be efficient at any of the lifting or any of these other things. If this stuff is not in place. So that's first and foremost. I mean, that's what I love about what you guys are doing. The other piece of that is from just a rehab standpoint. And like you were saying, like, it really doesn't have anything to do with age. So whether you're 12, or you're 50, this is applicable to anybody's body, because it's going to show you where you need to improve. You know, and then a lot of people, like I'm saying, they struggle with these daily pains and aches and things, and they really don't have to, because the answer is there, but you just kind of have to go through a process like this to find those weak points yeah. and then yeah. start to fix them over time. And that that's my story, right? I mean, that was me. Like, you know, like it was all new to me, but, you know, when I first came across your stuff, I remember reading all the testimonials on your alls website, and they were all things like... Uh, I've had pain for this, this long in my life. And now after doing this stuff for a couple of months, my pain's gone. Uh, Other testimonials were, you know, my bench went up, my squat went up, my deadlift (laughs) went up, you know, I got stronger. So I, where I plateaued in the gym for years, once I started doing GMB, uh, you know, the, 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 the the ceiling rose very quickly. Right. So there's so many aspects of what you guys are doing that helps translate into anybody who's on any kind of fitness journey whatsoever. And even if it's not a fitness journey and you just don't feel good daily and you're not moving well, this is a great starting place to start.
2: Again, man, uh, I'm glad we're recording this because that's going right up on the website and I'll, I'll pay you later for that. It's really. <laughs> I get so many good points. I mean, you brought up and I really appreciate you saying, I, I want to say this for, you know, your listeners too. just, you know, yes, GMB is my thing. Okay. But it's, it's not just, um, trying to pump out our programs, if you will. It's it's really over the years. I mean, we've been, it's 12 years now that we've been official in GMB. We're constantly changing because we understand that we can be better. And so similar to what we want out of all of our clients, is okay, how can you just be a little bit better? And the only way you can do that is by assessing and truly, truly taking a look at yourself. And saying, okay, not where you were 10 years ago, but where you are right now. And I think this is a big thing, too, is we get people who come in who uh, like yourself, you know. And back in the day, I used to be able to, okay, great, cool. Okay, now it's different, all right? It's not that it's good or bad. It just is. You know, there's your zen for the day, right? It's, it's You've got to really, really figure out where you currently are right now. What are, and what are your limitations? And so, again, it's, we're not trying to say find where you're bad, where the things are bad, and then just do that. No, 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 no. We're just trying to make sure that going to cuss. Sorry. So that you don't break your shit, you need to figure out what your limits are. And then you can start expanding and working outside that box. But a trouble is that we have a lot of people who come in thinking that they're still 25 years old. And they, you know, or 20 or whatever. And, you know, back in the day when I was a, you know, D1 wrestler or something like that, and they come in and like, oh, that's easy stuff. And then they try and rush through everything. So there's another key point that we're after is slowing everything down. And this is huge in GMB. And, and it doesn't matter what movement you're doing, slow it down because that brings awareness and awareness is a key point to allow you to be able to assess and truly see what's going on in the body. And, it, and you know, I like to have fun with this and that I'll show a movement and I'll ask people to do it as slow as possible. People have trouble with that, even if it's a, you know, air quote, basic movement, because typically people miss out on the transition. And there's three parts of the movement. We know there's the beginning, the middle, the end, and you can look at it another way as the entry, transition, and the exit. And the exit can therefore become the entry to another movement. And the thing is, is going in and out of a movement might be okay, but it's that transitional movement where people have issues. You look at this on the football field, uh, you know, American or, you know, English football, whatever you want to look, but when people are cutting you know, the injuries don't happen when you're standing still. They happen in that transitional period. And so if we're able to learn how to transition our bodies through space better with control, then hopefully these pains and aches will dissipate or won't be as prevalent as before. And so again, it's also just dependent on what you need. And so just because Um, again, maybe you were a D1 wrestler or something like that doesn't mean you need to train like that. Now, if you're a father, and your sole goal is to wake up and sit in front of a computer because you are a program designer in terms of like IT or something like that. Well, okay, your goal has now changed. Your goal is to be able to do your work better. And to be able to be a good father who can provide for your family. And this is a big thing with me, especially because and we have a lot of people who do martial art, obviously uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is uh, you know, my love right now. I don't train the way I used to train like when I was in Judo, you know, before when I was in Judo, I was competing every day. That was kind of sort of my job in the sense that I worked at a martial arts complex, right? Now, no. And so all I want to be able to do is step on the mat and enjoy the practice for as long as possible. And so what I'm trying to get at is if we can learn how to reframe the way that we use our workouts and apply that in a way that truly truly fits our lifestyle in instead of trying to make a lifestyle out of working out, I think we'd be a lot better. And so you know people might be saying, "Well, Brian, what are you talking about? You know, working out or whatever isn't it important." I'm saying, "Yes, it's important, but but trying to have that balance in your lifestyle I think is more important. And so for example, not more bench press, not more squat, if that's not what you need, more actively just walking around, not maybe sitting in front of the TV for two hours a night, okay, or or whatever. You know, I'm not trying to say you should be primal or do all this other stuff, but just simply think about how can you actually use your body more efficiently and better to be able to do the things you want in your life. And that's why in GMB, we don't encourage people to do more GMB. We want you to only do the amount that's going to help you to be able to do the other stuff in your life. And then go, go surfing, go play with your family, go play on the monkey bars, go whatever it is you want to do and enjoy life. So, yeah.
0: Nick, I, think I, I love how you
1: yeah there. sorry about that uh, I love how you brought that in because um, really what you're asking for is a, a total paradigm shift you know and yeah. I think think back to you know I, I used to play college basketball and it was all about how yeah what's what's your weight on the bench or the what's your leg press or what's your squat like isn't it interesting how anything in the past was always or you know in that mindset in that paradigm everything is about hitting a certain number, and we were just sort of like comparing ourselves to what we could do based on what others are doing and yep, what you're yes. asking for is a complete w- way to look at things differently i can't tell you how many people we see we see we do a lot of hormone support work for for men women as well but men the story is always this is what it was like I used to play soccer or basketball <laughs> or whatever and i used to, the I used glory, to days. The yeah. glory days the glory days and they they keep saying i want to feel like that again And I want to, and and, and it's like they haven't stepped into their present time consciousness. They haven't actually assessed what is it that I want going forward. They just think about where they were in the past. And so you bring this teaching, and this is what I wanted to bring people up to speed with regards to, you know, the IT workers, the people in the computer desk, the people who don't have a history or story of being an athlete. You're just living your life and you want to feel, move better and, and, you know increase your strength, what have you, your goals are going to be different. Your orientation from the past is going to be different because maybe you never really did exercise. But this is an opportunity for you to, you know, uh, where I was hoping you to get into the five Ps because I think oh, yeah. the framework for people that appreciate this, who weren't even athletes before is something you can use in so many different ways. But I just also wanted to highlight and thank you for bringing that mindset and the paradigm shift in because each morning when I get on the mat with you, you're you're usually giving this really like Yoda moment teaching before we get into the actual, you know, posturing and the different movements. It is beautiful. So, like, well, thank you so much. Yeah. I think,
2: yeah. I, I think Japan has been really good for me in that way. Um, you know, in terms of, um, yeah, I made a little joke about Zen, but I mean, with my martial art, that's when I studied Zen for so long, you know, and I am far from Zen, I'll tell you that, in terms of being like super chill especially right now after my coffee but but i think it is important you know not just as we're getting older but one thing that i wish i had had when i was younger and i think this is another reason why i bring up this sort of thing so often is that how about we chill a bit more and i'm not talking about just relaxing but i'm talking about the way we look at things in terms of well, I want to have six-pack abs. I, you know, I want to have this bench, whatever number, or whatever, think something like that. That's why we don't use numbers in GMB. And everything is based upon duration of time. Because my big thing is I don't care how many repetitions you can do. I really don't. I want you to do a single repetition as beautifully as you can and then try and do another one. And so I want you to be present in the, mo- in the moment when you're doing that and we can get lost on numbers. It's, I'd say this all the time. People are, you know, remember having a guy saying, I can do a hundred pushups. I'm like, cool. How many of those pushups do you do as perfectly as you possibly can? Or another way to look at it. When does your form start breaking down? He's like, I get to 20. I'm like, congratulations. You're doing 80 crappy pushups. Therefore you're practicing being crappy and we don't want that. And so this is why we look at duration of time whenever we're doing anything going into the five P's here, but, you know, really, really focus on the quality of your movement because how you do anything is how you do everything, right? We know that. And so the way you sit, the way you listen to other people, uh, you have a lot of stuff going on in your head. Are you just trying to think about the next thing you want to say, or are you actively there in the moment? I mean, I'm trying to do that with my daughter, especially right now, and it's tough. Certain things I would love to say to her, to this 15-year-old, but I just try and take it in and and have my zen moment and then say, okay, sweetie, thanks, instead of going, what the hell are you thinking right now? (laughs) Uh, Going into the five Ps, though, uh, we do things a little bit differently. We do things a lot differently in the terms, in the way that we work out. One thing is, Workout, okay, that's cool. Exercise, cool, if you want to use that terminology, but I kind of like to reframe things, and instead of saying workout, say session. The reason why is everything that we do is based upon practice. As a matter of fact, our platform that all of our programs sit on is called Praxis, which means practice, right? And so the reason that it's called practice is because if we bring the focus to, again, how well do you perform a certain thing? It simply comes down to practice, how well you practice this. So in starting off, each session is based upon a skill or maybe two skills. And so in order to make sure that we're ready for our session, we prepare ourselves. So this is the first P, we have prep. The prep is gonna be looking at the joint. So we're focusing on the major joints that you're going to be using based upon that particular skill that you're doing that day. So let's say, for example, that we're going to be doing a movement, which is the Frogger. Now, to explain what the Frogger is, just imagine sitting in a squat, placing your hands in front of you, loading your arms, and then pulling your feet forward back into that squat. Okay, so you're traversing forward, and it's almost as if you're pulling yourself forward with your hands on the floor. Now, obviously there's a lot of things going on in there. We're looking at the hips, we're looking at the ankles, we're looking at the scaps, we're looking at the wrists. So what we want to do is make sure that our body is prepared for that particular movement. So what we'll do in our prep is we'll, you know, maybe have some wrist exercises, we'll have some hip openers, we'll have some things that will get you ready for that movement. Now. Our prep, though, is pretty quick, and the reason why is that we don't want to spend 30 minutes foam rolling and doing all that jazz, okay? We want to just move the body a little bit and then get right into the movements. A couple reasons for this, you know, if you need more prep time, that's absolutely fine, but if you really think about it, we want you to be able to get to a point in your life where you're able to, sprint if you need to squat down on the floor if you need to do something without having to say oh hold on just a second let me warm up my hip flexors okay um this comes back from our martial art days um don't get me started on martial art warm-ups especially brazilian jiu-jitsu because if you go to a class and you're doing push-ups and squats and and crunches as a warm-up your warm-up is flawed i'm just going to say that whole other topic but basically Preparing your body using movement patterns that are going to be applicable and help for what you're practicing that day. So going into the practice, oh, and by the way, the warm-up there, also we're not looking at repetitions, we're looking at a time period. So for example, you might do wrist circles for one minute, one way, and then switch the other direction. Let's say, for example, maybe you'll do you know, ankle flexion movement, 30 seconds on this side, maybe 30 seconds on the opposite side, depending on what's going on. And again, the intention here is to bring awareness of what you're doing in each repetition, make sure that they quality repetitions. Going into your practice, this is where you're practicing a movement that's maybe new to you. And so you always want to practice a movement in the beginning of your session. Why? Because, you've, because you want to make sure that you're fresh. You don't want to be tired And then go into a movement um, because obviously the quality of movement is going to be lower if you're already exhausted. So especially if you're working on something where you're inverted, it could be dangerous and we don't want you to do something that could possibly hamper, uh, hinder uh, the particular movement and cause injury. So let's say that the practice portion of that frogger that I mentioned before is simply practicing your squat. How well can you get into the squat? Now, sounds pretty simple, right? But my goal, pretty much, and we don't have like a roadmap in terms of, oh, you need to hit this before you move on to the next thing. We're, we're not that way. Like you have to have a full, I don't know, body weight squat, you know, in order to do X. It's, it's where you are right now. But um, what I'm getting at is, my goal for everyone is what I want is I want people to be able to get in and out of the squat in as many different ways as possible. It's not just squatting down, but it's, can you get into the squat from a seated position? Can you get in in and twisting? And, and that really is looking at different ranges of motion. And that really, to me, means that you own that movement. And that's true physical autonomy to me. So it could be a matter of just practicing the squat. If you've got time, it could be maybe you spend five minutes working on that squat It doesn't mean continuously though. It's you try it, you give yourself a break. You think about how to go. What do I need to do for this next repetition? And then you do that at any point. It should be a conscious effort with awareness and you're not trying to wear yourself out when you're doing this again, as you graduate to other movements, let's say you're working on the handstand. It could be, you know, kicking upside down. You don't want to be like the energizer and just do like a hundred kickups. You know, that, that would be silly. One repetition, highest quality movement possible. Give yourself a break. Then do it again. So our next thing is play. Now play is not something you find that I'm aware of in too many fitness programs. Okay. You're looking at maybe like parkour or, you know, some other, Modalities out there, you might find this, but play to us is taking a movement that you're already fairly comfortable with, reframing the way that you look at that movement, and seeing opportunities within that movement. We're basically exploring a movement. This could be as simple as taking a movement like the push ups and trying to shift your fingers out to the side just to see what changes within your body exploration but the thing is is you're already using a movement again that you're comfortable with so you know you can do it safely and by doing that and slowly looking at things from a different viewpoint you're expanding the range and the box if you will and making that box bigger and this is where some aha ideas and and things can come up that you maybe wouldn't have looked at before so let's say for example in this case, Uh, I mentioned the frogger earlier, and typically in the frogger, we have our arms straight. But what if you were to, for example, possibly bend the arms just a little bit, and then you notice that you actually started flaring your elbows, which we don't want because that puts too much load on the shoulders. So the thing is, is you find that you tend to flare your elbows a lot, and it's because your fingers are facing forward. But like I mentioned earlier, if you were to turn the fingers out to the side, you notice oh, wow, that allows me to keep my elbows in. And so there you just learned that if you were to apply that principle of simply externally rotating fingers, when you go back, not just for the frogger, but if you're working on your push-ups or something like that, you now know that by turning the fingers out, you can keep your elbows in, which will help you to hopefully keep you from shrugging your shoulders, which will, in essence, solidify the entire structure to create a better base. And there's just so many different things going on here. But if you were only focused on cranking out push-ups or just how many froggers you can do, you could miss out on the beauty of exploration. And so this is why we have play in there. Something that I guide you through, of course, when you're going through elements. So it's not just me throwing a bunch of random stuff at you. The next order of business is typically where most people live in their workouts. And that is push. And so within push, we literally want to push you and have you push yourself. And so you're taking a movement, again, that you're very comfortable with, and you're probably going to regress that movement. So let's say that you're able to do a full push pushup, um, legs locked out, you got those quads, you're squeezing them, you're squeezing your butt, elbows are in, you can do solid push-ups, but that's your highest level. And you can only maybe do one or two. During the push section of this, we're not gonna ask you to do full push-ups. You probably come down to your knees, okay? And so what we're after here is looking at duration of time, let's say 45 seconds, being able to do work during that time without stopping. That's very important. And so what we're looking at here is building the strength endurance. We're looking at uh, you know adding in volume. We're looking at increasing the intensity. And the intensity in this case, again, doesn't just mean cranking out more reps. It's how can we adjust the structure to allow you to be able to hold good structure, good quality form, so that you you can continue to do that movement in a way that's safe, that will lead to better strength, as well as flexibility and control, even when you're pushing yourself. And this is a tough one, because most people are of the mindset that In order to work hard, you need to work fast. You need to crank out as many repetitions as possible. Um, Work out with me once when we do chin-ups. You know, if you can crank out like, you know, 10 kipping pull-ups or whatever, cool. You know, try to do one chin-up with me then. And um, a lot of people, I love it when I go to seminars and, and we have some big boys in there and some pretty, um, you know, women, we never really see this because, you know, it's not like, Oh, I've got the ego. It's all guys. Cause we're idiots. Right. And get up on that bar. And I'll be like, all right, do a chin up with me. And they're like, Oh, I think I'm going to die. And they're shaking and stuff. It's because of the, the way that I ask people to do things. And I'm not saying it's better than everybody out there. It's just trying to bring a different awareness to the structure of your body while you're doing it. And by doing it in that way, it's, going to help you to get stronger, again, improve flexibility, range of motion, therefore in motion mobility and the control. And I keep coming back to control because the way that you move your body, as we mentioned before, is is how you're going to be able to do everything. And so if you don't have control, you're not going to have control and balance in your life. And that's how I look at it that way. So that's the push portion. And um, for a lot of different ways that we do this, but you know this this you know sets uh, looking at maybe supersets of something. Um, a lot of I like to use circuits a lot when we do that. Uh, depending on the goal, of course, is going to be different. But we always follow up and end with the ponder section, which is simply where you take a little bit of time and you think about what went well, what what could you have done better, and what do you need to do in order to make sure next time your session is even better. This could be like you know thirty seconds of just contemplation and um yeah lots in there but but really the three of us Andy Jarlow and I from a martial art background that's kind of like a martial art practice if you will and and you know quickly to go through that that prep is just that warm up practice is where you like learn new technique it can be a new punch it can be a new strike it can be a new throw it can be a grappling movement play is where you actually partner up and you say okay what if what if this person does therefore okay you need to make an adjustment here push portion is actually the sparring the randoris where you roll it's where you really try and take the things that you practice and put them into you know motion if you will and really see if they work for you and then at the end of the practice you really think about what went well and for my martial arts artists if you're out there and you spar this is where you go home at night and you sit in bed and you wonder how that guy threw you and you weren't able to like uh, block his throw you know so anyway but um long drawn out thing there but basically this is much much more than just simply showing up and cranking out as many push up squats and whatnot as possible
0: one well, Ryan, one of the things I love about what you're talking about is like the power is in the process, right? You know, when I went through your programming, one of the things I loved about it was there was this nice, very ease of progression as I was learning the movements. So, like, I started with like the foundation basic movement, and you would just go real slow, like you're saying, like have the awareness, feel your body. What is this feeling like? And then, little by little, as those skills are developing, then you would give us a little bit more and then you just tack on the next little step of that same movement but i'm going to add a little bit of a tweak to it this time and little by little it's kind of it's very stealthy but all of a sudden within a couple weeks you're just flying through with the more uh, more ease in this movement and more awareness of your body and they get a lot easier the movements and then the thing i loved about it towards the end of the programming was all these movements that I had learned separately. When we started to do more of the push and the play, we were just chaining them all together, which there was a whole other dynamic to mixing the A-frame with the bear, with the monkey, with the scorpion. And then you're doing the flips and then you're doing the handstands (laughs) and and all of a sudden this beautiful thing comes together at the end. And yet the process had it all separated at at the beginning Mm -hmm. But it's, that's when a lot of the fun starts to happen is when you get to chain right. these movements together and then you get that big workout component of how long can I go and throw these movements together and what right. kind of endurance am I going to have when I do these things. And that was, that was the, the kicker at the end, man, because – I remember I even was training a patient of mine to help with rehab. And I told him, I was like, you're going to be doing handstands by the time we're done. And he looked at me, he didn't believe me, but yet he was doing handstands at the very end of the, of the programming, just because we had taken our time over a bunch of months and gotten him there. But the other thing I wanted to mention was, you know, you're talking about awareness. And I think so many people that when, when they're in the gym, whether it's a, a gym type thing, fitness or it's sport, there's not a lot of awareness of where their bodies are at when they're doing these things. I feel like it's kind of taken a back seat to sure. just like moving, right? Like you're saying with the push ups, right? Yeah. For me, I noticed there is this huge neurologic component of everything that we're doing. And I would get this like high after I was done with my sessions with you. And it wasn't, it it was, it's, it's different than the endorphin high. Like you feel this. Yeah. there's, there's an endorphin runner's high, but it's not that it's something very different. And the way I would always describe it. And I, I would tell Nick that I'm like, you get this high when you're done. And it's, it's almost at the brain level. And there's this connection between brain and body that you're not able to achieve with other types of stuff that you do. And, and it feels amazing when you're done and there's this, you can feel connection there. So <clears throat> that's the big thing that I want to hit home was the awareness and that there's a big neurologic piece to a lot of the stuff that you guys are doing. And that's the thing I love about it. You just feel like you're getting more connected with everything uh, at the nervous system level. And it, and it feels great. I mean, that's what you feel, right? That's what's translating into I'm feeling better when I'm moving now, or, you know, when I sit longer periods, I can get up a lot easier. And I'm not so damn stiff anymore or, <laughs> (laughs) You know, I can play with my kids and pick them up and throw them on my shoulders and, you know, there's with ease. Right. So it's the the beauty is the translation, like you're saying, into life that you get from just doing some of these things, because a lot of these normal things that we take for granted that hurt or don't feel good or feel uncomfortable when we're doing them. They all just kind of disappear and dissipate very quickly when you build some of these foundational things that we need to need to work on. Well, that's
2: interesting, you know, that you bring up the fact of, of that awareness. I think, again, it's um, appreciate everything you're saying. It's whenever I'm trying to do something, I'm really trying to. Okay, we're not a fitness company, we're an education company. That, that's what we are. And we're just trying to help you and, and everyone there be more aware, again, of what's going on in their body. And the thing is, the movements that we're using aren't easy and you you have to use your brain in order to do these movements the coordination that it takes to be able to do these and i feel that thanks to that it doesn't allow you to think about other things while you're doing it and because of that you're in the moment because you have to think about where does my hand go where does my foot go and i think to me it I don't really want to say this because a lot of people are in but it's sort of like a moving meditation, if you will. It can be that way. And we're not trying to be all woo-woo about it. But but really, I want people to feel better after the session than when they started. And me growing up, mainly when I was during my judo time, I don't think I ever felt better after any session. I felt better after my martial art practice and there were days where I didn't want to go. Right. You know, I mean, every single day I, you know, I was training and sometimes twice a day, like I said, and there were days where I'd be like, I don't want to go today, but I don't think there was ever a single time that I didn't feel better having not gone. And I, what I want is for people just to be able to go, okay, I'm going to show up today. It doesn't matter how much I'm going to do. I'm just going to show up. And so that's why I'm really big on, you know, just step on the mat and do the prep. And this is worked into elements as well. It's, you know, you do your prep and then there's a button that says how are you feeling today? Are you ready to rock it or do you need to take, you know, a lighter session because I want it to be where it's adjusted according to how you feel that day to allow you to not only get in your workout, but to feel better after the session. And more importantly, remember that you're not a bad person for not crushing it that day. And I think this is a huge difference, too, that I talk about forever. But, you know, there's so many fitness places out there that, you know, no pain, no gain. You've got to, you know, earn your calories or or earn your rest time or or things like that. And great. But let's just try and feel better about where we are in our life right now. And And the better you feel, the more you're actually going to be able not to do, but realize you don't have to do as much because you're being efficient and because you are feeling better. But when that happens, you'll actually want to continue with it. And that's really what we're after there is being able to continue for as long as possible. I don't want to live longer. If I don't feel well, I'm looking at health span, rather than, you know, longevity, if you will. And that's kind of what we're after when we're looking at these programs as well. And if we're talking about integral strength, which you know, maybe the next step after elements is really where you start looking at the strength component where you're doing chin-ups, you're doing these Spider-Man movements that I have, which are staggered uh, walking push-ups. You're doing shrimp squats. You've got the L-sit in there. You know, we've got an option to use the gymnastic rings or a bar, you know, it's, 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 it's that other level. But the thing is, is just because we are working out using things that, you might see from the fitness you place doesn't mean that the principles change. I always want you to feel better after your session um, so that you can continue to step on the mat um, for whatever way that means to you that day.
0: I'm with you on the meditation, man. Like I tell people all the time, there's active and passive meditation. Yes. What yes. you guys are doing is totally active meditation. Like you're, you're doing, you're in the motion of doing something but you're right. There is this huge meditative aspect of having to be present with everything and all of your body when you're doing it. So, you know, I'm curious, Nick, you you have a huge background with Kundalini and you've been doing this stuff. What would you tell me like you've seen? Cause I mean, you, you've done both. I mean, what do you, what, what differences do you see with GMB stuff than like the yoga? It's a little bit more stationary and a yeah. little more static.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the first things I realized was that I was getting excited to get up every morning to go and like I can't say that every every morning practice uh, is always like that, you know, whether it be the gym or or even doing a yoga set, you know, whatever gym. that may be. But I but I remember the first like 3 weeks of uh Elements program, I was like I can't wait to wake up the next day to do this. Dude, because, that's really cool to hear. Yeah, yeah no, it, and it, it was I was checking in with myself because I was like I don't know if I've ever really felt like that. Like th- I was thinking about moving in these ways that like uh, during the day. And like, I, I've, I can think about what does a handstand feel like? And I, I started thinking about like, just, just moving my body in a way that, and you know, David, you, you hit something that I think is just so important. And it's that that neurological input there. I, I know that your, your program is in called, called primal movement, but there's something really Uh, magnetic or I don't know what the word is, but it really pulls you into wanting to move in these primal ancestral kind of ways. And so I, I do think that it's it's activating this the limbic system or the ancestral brain, mm, yeah, uh, and then yeah. bringing it forward to the prefrontal cortex. So that you're actually having to think about these movements. So there's there's this whole entrainment and this physiological wantingness to, to to move your body in this way, which I wasn't expecting. You know, and I definitely even the first time David showed me this stuff was like. I didn't quite get it until, until, you know, you laid out these five P's and the, the foundation of what the elements program offered. And then recognizing these like little mini victories and the subtleties and the movement that show up over time, that was so rewarding. And, and what I realized was that I, I started to get into a place, okay, well, I have to do this. I have to be able to get this. And I recognize that I don't want to do elements every day. I want to, I want to seed it through my week because I was trying to like, get to the 43 sessions right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Dude,
2: yeah, huge. Sorry to interrupt you, dude. No, but no, no, please do. Thing, you know, it's, it, it's so difficult because, I mean, okay, the goal of elements is to get through elements in order to realize that you don't need to get through elements. It's, it's like one of those koans, if you will, because the thing is, is just like you said, people get so focused on nailing a trick or saying, I, I want to get, you know, it's just like those abs. And, and all we're trying to do is really get you through elements so that you can really get a feel for the method that we're after and understand that it's not about getting the skills. It's about simply showing up every day wherever you're at, right? But the way to do that is, like you said, is to be excited about it and to feel that. And that's really what I want. And that's why in the beginning, it's, it's slowly working up to these different things and giving you these challenges as to go to the end, we have so many people get hung up on trying to get, for example, a stall or, um, or into that handstand, and 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 again, it's it's my big thing is, you know, it, that doesn't really matter. And this is really tough to people when you say that because yes, I mean, I've chased skills my whole life. That's what it's after. But if you realize, and everybody says this and things, but it it's how you do what you're doing right now is the only thing that matters. And this is why, maybe this is going to sound cocky, okay? but if there was a particular skill I wanted, whether it be the one-arm handstand, the one-arm chin-up, or anything like that, there was no doubt in my mind that I wouldn't get it. The thing is, though, which is a little bit different maybe than other people, is that I never expected myself to get it within a time frame, right. if that makes sense. It was. This is from my gymnastics coach, Mark Folger. I don't ever remember a time where I, well, how many of these do I need to do in order to get this? It was never that it was always, you do it, you mess up, you take a break, you go try it again. And you got feedback in order to make a little tweak to make it. I mean, that's my entire life, to be honest. And I think this is what, Sorry, I'm getting a little excited here. What's difficult is that I'm very weird in that I can take a single movement and literally work on that single movement for a month and be happy. Whereas other people are like, okay, I'm bored. What's the next sparkly, shiny thing? And so when I'm programming things, I always need to remember that people don't think that way. So this is why we're trying to add in that freshness, trying to add in that novelty, if you will. In a way, though, that's going to still give the same results in further, you know, improving the foundations. And so that's why, you know, when I first took my idea of elements to Andy Jarler, like it was originally just those three movements, bear, monkey, frogger. They're just like, that's it? I'm like, hear me out, guys. Hear me out, you know. So the way I look at it is you've got the bear, the monkey, and the frogger, but everything expands from that, right? And so, and then I reverse engineer everything, and I, you know, was just like, okay, these basic movements, and these are movements that I was doing actually in judo for my warm ups. This is over here in Japan. This is what the movements. Are. There's a lot of other animal movements, but but I saw beyond where a frame, handstand, inverted press, you know, all this different thing as that foundation. But what I'm getting at is just like what you said there. It's it's that thing where I want people to want to do this. Mm-hmm. Because that's how you're able to continue. And if it were only about getting a particular skill, you start feeling bad about yourself for not getting that skill. You get frustrated. You get upset. And I don't want that. Because frustration only breeds more frustration. And and then you go out through through your day going, man, I can't believe I didn't get that. And that, you know, leaks into all the other stuff. And, and, and I, to me, I just don't think that's any good because I've gone through that so many times. And I just really want people, I want to drip things out and look at these small wins and really, really celebrate those small wins. And also understand you're not a bad person if you don't get that skill. Because to be honest, it really don't freaking matter. It's not going to cure World hunger, okay? <laughs> it's gonna help you to feel better, which is very important. But if you don't get the handstand that day, it's still cool. And this, you know, maybe end on here, I don't know, but I don't want anyone to ever have a bad session. And the way to never have a bad session is to always see and pick something that you learned that day. And if you learned something that day, congratulations, you had a good session. That's it. If you didn't get the handstand that day, that's fine. What did you learn? Oh, the reason I wasn't able to do it today was because actually I was up all night with my daughter who was sick throwing up and everything and I'm really tired and I realized that threw off my game and so therefore, you know, it was good that I actually backed off and didn't do handstand today and instead focused more on my shoulder mobility as well as my wrist strength. Win. Win. And if you look at it that way, you're never going to have a bad session. Ever. And and that's really... That was a pivotal change in my life when I was able to start to do that and um, use auto regulation. Is basically what I'm coming down to. It's amazing. Um, I think yeah. it is,
1: it's like it's a really good place for people to start to appreciate how this translates into life, right? Because when you start looking at your movement this way, like you said earlier, you know how you do this one thing is how you do everything. You know, I think of uh, Robert Greene, his book, Mastery. He talks really about this apprenticeship, right? The apprenticeship. Like, you you got there, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, that phase
1: is one of the most important. It's where people also, like, give up because they can't, we can't uh, just appreciate that we're in, like, we're learning. How could you possibly be good at this? (laughs) right? Right,
2: And that's why I use the phrase, embrace the suck. A lot of people misunderstand when I say that. They think, oh, it's gotta be hard. No, 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 no. Understand, you will suck. You're going to suck at this movement. Embrace that. Yeah. This is your time to learn. There's nothing expected of you. Yeah. You know, like that's wonderful, wonderful if you think about it that way. Yeah. The, the mo- and, and this is gonna sound horrible saying it this way the more you suck faster, that's horrible, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the better you're going to be. And so just embrace that. And and sorry to interrupt you again, but yeah, no, exactly. That perfect. is another reason why our GMB training program, if you want to become a trainer, it's called the apprenticeship. And it's because, I mean, again, here in Japan, it's kind of, you know, way look at things, but it's it's your opportunity to be able to just be. And during the apprenticeship, this is that th- we have a test, the, an exam at the very end where you're, you know, it's 10 second handstand hold and we've got all this stuff laid up. But... Here's the thing, I don't really care. I don't care about you being able to do a 10 second handstand. We have so many people who actually don't get a 10 second handstand. They graduate and they're great trainers. And the reason why is because the only thing we care about is how did you go through the apprenticeship? That's all that matters, you know? Like, were you good to yourself? And did you listen to your body as you're going through it? And make those adjustments according to what you needed that day. That's how you get good at anything. How long is it going to take for you to get a handstand? As long as it takes, because it doesn't matter, right? And so, um, you guys got me all excited today. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's
1: awesome. Well, yeah. Ryan, where um, where do people go? You know, let's let's just lay it out because people are going to be excited. Yeah. where I mean everything. Really- yeah, that's yeah. it. You, um, you got a freebie, like a little mini program. I know I did that before I started my elements, but just sh- please share. Yeah,
2: don't buy, any, don't buy any of our programs until you've looked at the YouTube channel and, and gone through the free stuff. We really just want to make sure that this is good for you. It might not click with you. That's cool. Um, you know, you can always send us an email, by the way, and a real person will answer your question and help you out. Uh, GMB Fitness, um, anywhere on the socials, uh, we are there. Uh, youtube twitter i don't think we're, we're not on tiktok uh instagram uh facebook or whatever the hell it's called these days i don't even know and um yeah gmb fitness check it out go to the website sign up for the free stuff and um yeah
0: start Enjoy your life. About yeah. it yeah so. awesome thank Ryan. you guys so such a pleasure, being man. this yeah. has been awesome we really appreciate your time thanks for getting up early for us man it was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was great. Matt. I got
2: to ramble and uh, just all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's awesome. Ryan, we hope
1: to stay connected, buddy. It was an yeah, yes, absolute absolutely. pleasure. Buddy. yeah thank Thanks you so much. Hard. Thank you. Thank, thank
0: you, brother.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.